Welcome to Fast Times at D&D High, a podcast where a bunch of adults pretend to be teenagers because that's where our emotional development stopped. I'm your DM, Persephone, and I'm joined by our players, Nuance. Hi, I'm Nuance, she, her, and I play Surasissa, she, her, a wanty cleric. Ren. Hi, I'm Ren, they, them, and I play Cecil, also they, them, a half-work druid. Elise. Hi, I'm Elise, she, her. I play Hudson, he, him, and Elven Barbarian. Kara. Hi, I'm Caro, they, them, and I play Ollie, he, him, a human rogue. Now, let's begin. So in case you were hiding under a rock and didn't know, it's not exactly a privilege to go to Varnum Correctional. It's the place they send misfits and miscreants, you get me? So I've been going to Varnum since the start of school year. Don't ask, it's a long story. And then this week there's these new transfer kids. There's Hudson, who looks like he just walked off the set of a teen heartthrob drama show, and Cecil, who's so nervous they make me nervous, and that takes some doing. And then there's Suri, who I've seen at the library before now, but I, like, didn't want to bother her, you know, she's really cool and smart and stuff. Well, anyway, we're all in the same homeroom together, and I've got to tell you, none of these newbies seems like the criminal type. So I'm keeping my eye on them. Not that I care. I just... Whatever, don't worry about it. wrong you all have realized that you're in the same class and you are hurrying to Loxley's classroom following Ollie all right so it's gonna be uh, best if uh, all you go in first and uh, that's gonna be a lot better for, for everyone yeah you uh, you and uh, yeah Hudson yeah you, you should go in first you're the, you're the most trustworthy looking okay uh, Hudson goes into the classroom Hudson you see Loxley at the front of the class in, behind his desk, and he's stopped mid-sentence to look over at you. You see him look past you through the door and look at Ollie. No, no, I'm stealth. I'm going to stealth. <laughs> uh, roll a stealth check. <laughs> Nat 20. Describe how you hide. I literally just go completely vertical behind Hudson and completely disappear. Okay, so Loxley does not look at Ollie because Loxley cannot see Ollie. Loxley looks at Hudson, who is the tallest, so all the other people can't be seen behind him. And he frowns. Uh, Hudson, you look at the classroom and you see that there's like 20 people all staring at you. 20 teenagers just looking at you. Uh, you see a few of the girls and one or two of the guys are like, who's this? You go, hmm, who's this walking in late? And you see Loxley turns to you and says, can I help you? Uh, yeah, I think I'm supposed to be in this homeroom. 
what's your name? I'm Hudson Elover. You see um, that he pulls out his attendance sheet and scrolls down and it says, Yeah, you're totally in this class. Um, why are you late? I uh, couldn't get my locker open and then uh, I ran into some old friends and then I didn't realize what time it was and I was just like, oh shoot, like the bell rang, gotta go. All right, that's fine. Um, it says here that you're like new, so why don't you come in front of the class and introduce yourself? Okay. So you walk up to the front of the class, and at that point, Loxley notices the rest of you are behind Hudson. I'm gonna try to just like get around, like while people are distracted by Hudson's prettiness, I'm just gonna like. trying to like get into the classroom. With a nat 20, I'll allow it. You can pretend you were there the whole time. Yes, totally. I'm already sitting down, feet up on a desk. Cecil and Sir Cecil, you are not so lucky. So I'm imagining that you're staring owl-eyed at Loxley who's staring at you. Uh, hello? Uh, I am also new and wasn't sure where. I can just go sit down right now. That's fine. What's your name? Sir Sissa. All right. You're on the list. Um, who's the person next to you? Like, what's your name? Are you new too? Technically, uh, I'm Cecil Oleander, and I'm here for now. All right. Well, you're on the list too. Why don't you all come in and introduce yourselves? Hey, uh, uh, I'm Hudson. I'm new. This is my first day. Uh, it's really nice to meet everybody. Everyone's so nice here. You hear a few catcalls. Hey. And uh, as a few people in the class, like, wink at you. Um, you see, though, that in the back of the room, there's this burly sort of jousting type, um, sort of built like a football player. And he looks at you and says, You're wearing a Bollywogs jacket at Varnum? We're the fucking Drakes, man. Well, I don't have a Varnum jacket. Yeah, because you're not on the team. Well, yeah. I'm not. Yet! You see this guy gets up. He's like six foot five. Take it off. Take it off right now. Do that. Take it off. 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 You hear that a few people are joining in and chanting, but it's not because of the jacket. Take it off! Hudson shrugs and takes, like, his whole shirt off. <laughs> like, the shirt and the jacket. Woo! He's just oh, like... Oh, all right, all right. What? Hudson, 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 uh, please, like, please, like, just... What? Loxley's like, just put just put that away. Like, uh, just put it away, please. Um, Just not appropriate for school. Oh God, Hudson, just like sit over there uh. by the window. Just, 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 uh, and please put your shirt back on. Okay. Like, <laughs> I can't. Hudson puts his clothes back uh, on. <laughs> you other two, like, please do not take off your clothing when you introduce yourselves. All right, introduce yourselves. Cecil is just kind of like extra wrapped up in themselves like just pulls the blazer tighter so I feel like Suri and Cecil are gonna look at each other and kind of a no you go first no you go first for like a few seconds does that track 
Yes. Uh, hello. I... And Cecil will turn to the to the whole uh, class and attempt to sort of uh, stand up straight. I uh, just said it to uh, this, uh, but I am Cecil Aliander and nerd. Well, well, technically, it, I I prefer geek. I, I think it's a little bit more accurate to my particular. Oh look, the nerd's picky about being a nerd. Nerd. I'll take nerd. Damn right you will. Hey, that's not very nice. Well, I'm not very nice. Clearly. You see that there's this like greasy looking kid with like dark hair in front of his eyes in like the back row. Um, Looks like he hasn't bathed in a few days. Pretty scrawny and he's making these rude noises. Yeah, well, no one likes you, pretty boy. You see a few girls in the classroom go, um, (laughs) we beg to differ. Yeah, thanks. Hey. Hey. Um, if you're done causing problems, Lewis, why don't you just sit your ass down? And you see Lewis frowns and sits back down. All right. All right, Hudson, you can go to the row by the windows, and uh, Suri and Cecil, you can go right behind. Ollie, when did you get here? I've been here. You didn't answer your name when I called attendance. I did, you didn't hear me because I was using a, an illusion to see if I could uh, make it seem like I wasn't here, and it worked, so uh, I'm very talented. Roll a deception check. <laughs> <laughs> That's some amazing bullshit. Uh, I've got 11. Um, you're lying. No! I've never lied. But I don't actually know how you got yeah. to your seat, so I'm just gonna mark you present yeah, and pretend go. like I know better. How's that? that? That's fine. All right, all right. Sir Cecil, was it? Did you introduce yourself? I can't actually remember. Um, I, technically? Klaus, did she introduce herself? No. Sorry, it was just kind of like, I sorted it at the, okay. And then she goes back up in front of the room. She's as red as she can get. She's not a pretty blusher. It's not like attractive roses in her cheeks. No, she's just kind of blotchy and red. I am Sir Sissa Fezcati. Speak up! Uh, I am Sir Sissa... Louis, stop yelling! Sir Sissa Fezcati. She's nervous, so she's hissing over her S's and looks incredibly embarrassed about it. I am also new. Um, thank you for having me in class. And then scurries, straight up scurries. Uh, well, I hope all of you in the front row heard that. Um, all right. Uh, say hello to your new classmates. Hello, new classmates. Hello, new classmates. Wait till I'm... Wait till I'm done speaking. All right, we got some announcements to go over. It looks like there are club tryouts and sports tryouts coming next week. So if you want to get on the jousting team, the wrestling team, the soccer team, stuff like that, or like in the archery club or anything like that. Uh, We don't got many clubs here, um, but we do have some. Seth is going to raise their hand. Is there a a list of clubs uh, written out somewhere that can be accessed? Uh, yeah, you should be able to find it on the bulletin board at the front of the main hallway. 
Is it on digital format? I mean, my old school had a had a roster in the Crystal Phone app. So Loxley goes on to the announcements. Um, Sir Sissa, you sit down behind right. Hudson, and then there's Cecil behind you. Ollie is in the next row beside where Cecil is, uh, because Cecil's in the last seat in the row. And Sir Sissa, you hear a tap, and you see like a little pencil tapping on your desk next to you. I will glance over to whoever is tapping on my desk. Hi. You see a very small boy. Uh, he's human, but he has very dark brown skin and short black dreadlocks um, that sort of hang to his chin. Uh, he is wearing a red hoodie and very loose baggy pants with red sneakers. He looks like he could easily pass for 13 or 14. He looks very young. And he smiles at you. He has a gap in his front teeth. And he has one of those smiles that's all teeth, very bright. Hi, I'm Ned. Hi. I- I'm sorry, but you probably... I'm sorry, sister, but you... Hi. Yeah, I heard. Um, so I wanted to ask you about one of the pins on your bag. I've got a... Yes? Which, which? I just wanted to ask about the um, pin on your backpack. Is that a limited edition first run pierced heart pin from the original release of the movie two years ago? Yeah. Yes, oh, it, it my is. my God, I am so jealous. I only have second edition and it makes me so sad, but you're so lucky. Thanks. Uh, I, oh my god! I didn't. I didn't think anyone would even. I mean, so I, I have to admit, I actually like the design on the second edition a little bit better. But I mean, the beta is always better than the alpha, right? Yeah. But I mean, it's the original for a reason. It's the reason there's the first design. I just love the way that they look on the front. Like just looking at them, looking at Havsham and Harkin, just. They're so dreamy, right? They were so in love and it was so perfect. Yeah. Oh. I, I loved hearing the stories about them and the movie was just incredible when it came out. Oh my God, it was so good. And the fanfic. And the fanfic rules. Yes. But uh, we should probably shouldn't talk about yeah, that. Yeah, no, you're right. Um, it was nice sh- to meet you. Sorry. Nice to meet you too. Okay, class continues. Loxley goes on with more announcements. And at the end of it, the bell rings. Homeroom is only about 20 minutes long. And you then work your way to your next classes. The classes after homeroom are specifically tied to certain abilities that you have in your classes. Now, the classes at Varnum are not necessarily like a fighter class, a rogue class. In fact, there is no rogue class. Why would a school teach you how to steal? But there are classes like Arcane Spellwork 101, Blade work 101, knife skills. Um, you're basically, there's a curriculum and you choose these classes outside of your normal classes like math, history, science, and so on. So you will still go to those. However, because those are boring, we're not going to show those. We're going to do the fun ones. So 
you go to your first period class, it's math or science or English or whatever. And then you go to your specialized classes. So first we're gonna go with the Arcane Casters, Spell Work 101 with Tella Baines. This class specifically has Ollie and Surasissa. After that, we will go to the Blade Work class, which will have Ollie and Hudson. Following that, we'll have Botany with Cecil. First up, Ollie and Suri. Surasissa, you know that you need to get to the upstairs hallway, um, but you don't know where the stairs are. And Ollie, you're sort of just like starting to go off when you see Surasissa walking past you in the hallway looking very confused. Uh, hey, do you, uh, you need help? Yeah, I'm heading to Spellwork 101, but I can't... Someone told me that the stairs were over here, but I'm not seeing them at all. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to that class too. Just uh, oh, follow me. thank you. Yeah, the stairs are actually... Uh, there's a, a door that only opens on uh, Tuesdays, and if you go down it uh, the, the wrong way, you will actually end up in a hell dimension. Really awful, nasty business, so you gotta be careful where you go. Stick with me! The, thank you? Suri's not sure if she believes it, but at the same time, this is Varnum, so that's entirely legitimate. It could be that. So you lead Sarasissa up to the second floor hallway and you get to a large pair of double doors at the end of a hallway. Opening them up, you walk into a sort of auditorium style classroom. Um, There looks to be about 40 students walking around, um, getting to their seats. And you see at the front, so there's rows and rows of desks that are sort of on an incline on the top. And then at the middle, at the bottom is a podium. And in front of it is a very old man, possibly the oldest man you've ever seen that wasn't in a coffin. He has a short gray beard and long, long, thin white hair, balding at the pate. He is wearing purple robes, and every time he moves, it's sort of like the robes move and his wrinkles move with it. So it's sort of like he has curtains for jowly cheeks, which he's trying to cover up with the beard unsuccessfully. Hello, all you new students. Please take a seat. There's no assigned seating, but you can choose where you go every day. You can sit with me as long as you don't mind the smell. Of what? Of me. I I don't believe in deodorant, so I just uh, rub a crystal under my arms. Okay. Thank you for... I'm just kidding. I'm I'm joking. Uh, It's a... God, you take everything so seriously, don't you? I have to be more careful about joking with you. Well, I, for one, definitely don't think it's a joke because I can still smell you. And you see Monette walks into the classroom. She is wearing a white dress that sort of has lace at the top. And over it has like these robes signifying that she's a wizardry student, mainly. And she looks at you, Ollie, up and down and just, ugh size. Hey, Monette, uh, the 90s pop stars called. They want their fashion back. Listen. Listen. Ollie, there's this thing you do, and it's called speaking. 
You should really get that checked and stop doing it. Hey, you should really get that checked and stop it. You know what, Ollie? You're I can't what, think Ollie? of a fate worse than death than having to speak to you with the way your breath smells. It's like a wave of oh sour God, cream and onion. You talk to me so huh? much. It's amazing how much you talk to me if you hate me so much. Listen. 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 You see that walking in behind her, there are two girls. And Ollie, you know that these are Claudette and Marinette. Um, one Claudette is a human with medium dark skin and straight hair. And the other is a dwarf with blonde hair. And you know that these are basically Manette's seconds. They follow her around wherever she goes and basically imitate her as much as possible. And they come up behind Monette and like lean on a hip to her side and say, why are you talking to this riffraff? Yeah, why are you talking to this like garbage person? Um, Oh, she's in love with me. She's uh, asking me out. So I've had to turn her down three times this week already. It's really embarrassing. They look at each other and then look at you as if, as if, as if. Oh, I like how you say that, though. Say it again. During all of this, Suri has sidled away and has gone to sit down kind of medium back. Like, normally in other classes, she would sit up front as a proper nerd, but a terrifying new school and her worst class. So she's kind of sitting in the back in the middle, hunched over with her hood over her head, hoping no one notices. So Manette and Claudette and Marinette like rip into you for a moment. But Sir Sissa, you hear a loud thump as someone rushes to sit down next to you and you see Ned practically vibrating with hyperactivity. Just like, ah, we're in the same class. We're in the same class. Ah, what kind of spellcaster are you? Are you a bard? No, oh, no, no, no. Then I would have to perform in front of people and then I would never have any magic at all ever in my whole life. Oh. oh. Okay, well, um, I'm really glad we get to have class together and now we can talk about things. That, that's so great. Um, I'm... No one will hear us over the sound of teletalking. He, he like, really drones on a lot. And like another thing, can you wear some footwear without sh- holes in it? Like, are you really that poor? Yeah, I am, actually. Thanks for asking. Very insensitive of you. Hey, everyone, I'm poor. Monette's making fun of me for it. What a bitch. <laughs> Claudette, Marinette, let's just sit down and get away from this thing. Yeah, look out. I've got fleas. They might catch. Ew. Take a bath. Yeah, like, take a bath. I'm too poor to have a bath. Thanks for pointing it out. Again, insensitive. When the mean girls go to sit down, Suri will like lean over beyond Ned and kind of wave because Ollie is terrifying in his own special way, but they met at the library and he's actually been nice to her. So that's two points in his favor. So she's still okay with like the, if you want to, you can come sit down, but it's okay if you didn't want to do that and had other people to sit down with. And oh, look, it's a textbook. Let's pretend. Ollie Ollie goes and sits um, in the row 
directly behind and adjacent to Suri so that they're next to each other, but that he's it, he's still being cool. <laughs> you see Manette, Marinette, and Claudette sit in the second row, and the rest of the students filter in. All right, I shall begin the lecture. Today, we will be discussing the properties of a commonly used defensive magic. Magic Missile. Would anyone like to volunteer to be part of the demonstration? I'm going to cast Minor Illusion and have the the three mean girls uh, make it look like their hands are raised. Oliver, there is no ambient magic allowed in my classroom. Oh, fuck. You know that I am alerted by the spell defenses I've placed here whenever you cast an unauthorized spell. I know, but I gotta try. Please see to it that you do not do so again. This is fine. I'm totally gonna volunteer anyway. Thanks, Ollie. And Manette stands up. Thank you, Miss Frost. Now I need two more participants. And since Mr. Oliver has been... Using magic already, I assume he wishes to participate. So, Oliver, please, calm down. Ollie stands up and goes to the front. Ew. (laughs) Now, could I please get a third practitioner? Wow. The amount that Suri is looking down is just, just, look, her desk is fascinating. What with the whole no eye contact? Mm-mm, no. Suri, should I do it? Yeah, sure. Yeah, you, uh. I'll do it. You. Ned gets you, up and like stands okay. up, raises his hand. Very good. Ned, if you would please come down. Right. And Ned goes down. Okay, so here's how this is going to work. Even if you don't have Magic Missile, it's an arcane spell, and this is a practicum. So what we're doing here is basically having Tella go through the mechanics of the spell and having you attempt to cast it. We are going to treat this as a roll. What I'm going to have each of you do is roll an Arcana check. And a few of you will roll with disadvantage. Sarasissa, because some of you are not an arcane caster, even if their parents think that you are. And we will see what the results are. We'll start with Ollie. Uh, 
So I've got a 19. Cool. So Tella positions you, sort of guides you through the steps using his prowess as a mage to help you along with the spell. And you pass with flying colors and you send a magic missile out. It hits the spell barrier on the edge of the classroom. And everyone's sort of like, huh, Holly did it. And Manette's like hand on her hip, just looking at you, rolls her eyes. Whatever. Try not to fall, fall in love with me, love. It's not going to go well. Listen, I'm more likely to fall in love with a pile of shit than you. I've been called a pile of shit, actually. So, never say never. <sighs> Professor, is it my turn? Yes. Professor Baines, Tella Baines, walks over to Manette and does the same thing for her. Let's see what she gets. She rolled a nat 20. You see Manette, even before he starts trying to position her, just rolls her eyes, casts a spell. You see this aura, this waving aura of energy around her feet, and she casts a perfect magic missile. He actually sends out more than you would averagely expect, and they twist and circle around the room, looking like rockets before hitting the spell barrier. She puts her hand on her hip again, looks at Ollie and says, Try not to fall in love with me, bitch. Too late. I'm mad. I'm mad about Ew. you. Ugh. Ew. Ugh. All right, is it my turn? Is it my turn? Yes, it's your turn. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I say that Sir Sissa was casting a spell? Yes. I apologize to our podcast viewers. Sir Sissa is not casting a spell. Sir Sissa did not volunteer. Oh, thank Ned God. did. I got double fours, so like... <laughs> Ned goes up to cast the spell. Tella puts him in position. And before he can finish, you see this aura, this red, dark aura bursts into life around his feet. You see Ned gets wide-eyed and it's like, Oh no, not now. And a burst of magic missiles flood the room. There's about a hundred of them spiraling out of control out of the room. You see they hit the barrier and shatter it. It falls in glittery pieces to the ground. Tello's like, oh no, what's happening? You see Manette is about to get slammed with one, as is Suri. Everyone to roll initiative that's in the room. up first. You see a lot happening as these rockets flood out of Ned's feet and into fill the room. Uh, they do look like rockets, each one with a magical metal base and just this flare of energy at the bottom. Um, you see that they are shooting off in all directions, but you see two are coming directly from Annette and about to slam her against the wall. She has her back turned to it and has not noticed them. I'm going to... Uh, run at her and uh, try to push her down uh, acrobatic slide like take her feet out so that she doesn't get hit by them okay roll an acrobatics check I've got a 10 total so you go to try and get Manette out of the way and you stumble over in the process failing your roll completely and you fall on top of Manette Slamming her into the ground as the rockets go over your head. Like, what are you doing? 
Sorry. Uh. So now, Surasis's turn. Suri, on your turn, you see that three rockets are coming for you and the two people next to you. You also see that there are two rockets going for Marinette and Claudette down below. Question. So I know... Magic Missile is usually targeted, but I know that this one is different and weird. Um, does it count as it would? Does it count for a target as, um, for the rules of Sanctuary? Yes. So I unfortunately don't know the other girl's names, so I can't just yell, look out. I don't even know Manette's name, so I can't even be like, Manette's friends, watch out. But I can try to move in front of the other two people that the rockets are coming towards. I will try to fling myself over towards where they are, where the rockets are coming from, and then I'm going to cast Sanctuary. Okay, so the rocket, you throw yourself in front of these two people and are pushed away and into the crumbling spell barrier. You see that two hit a window and blast it open. Um, The two people behind you are a green-haired Earth Genasi, and an elven girl um, with brown hair, kind of mousy looking. Oh my God, did you just save us? Yeah, did you, did you just? Um, I... What was that spell? That didn't look, that was, that was not arcane magic, was it? Uh, I just, um, really, I didn't really- Who cares? She saved our lives. Like, it's now Manette's turn. Manette is completely under Ollie. Uh, I'm so sorry. Ollie, what? the fuck? Oh my god, why did you do that? Why are you on top of me? Why are you still on top of me? I'm not getting off! I mean, not, no, no, I mean... <laughs> what? I, goodbye. Oh my I, god, what are you doing? I, what are you I, doing? I push, I push myself over her and roll away. Okay, so with that, combat is over. A bunch of the rockets have managed to narrowly miss most of the students, but a few get blasted back into the wall and sort of slide down it cartoon style and groan. You see that Ned is in front of the class still. The aura around his feet starts to go away. You see that Tella has launched himself behind a desk and sort of peeks his head, his little balding head above the desk. Is it over? Is everything... It's over. It's over. Yes, you're, you're hiding? Um. How is it that I'm braver than you? Um, That's awful. Um. Braver? You're braver? You are on top of me. Yeah, because I saved you from two rockets. You're welcome. Oh, you saved me from two rockets. Yeah, right. Like, you actually saved me from two rockets. You see Claudette and Marinette come over, and they're just, they look at each other and go, Actually, he did. Yeah, like he kind of did. Not gonna lie. Excuse me? Well, I don't care what you think. Uh, Ricky and I know what happened, and that's all that's important. Right, Ricky? I just can't even right now. I just, I just, ugh. All right, goodbye. I just walk away. Do you walk out of the classroom? Uh, no, I just walked to the back of where I was sitting before. And- Tella gets up, finally, and like looks around to check if there aren't more rockets. Maybe I should call the nurse. You see that there's like 10 students that have been blasted all over the room, looking in various states of being singed. You see that Ned at the front of the room is just like, 
oh my god what happened what did i do what did i do that doesn't usually happen and ned looks sort of shifty-eyed could Sarasissa and ollie if you're paying attention um roll insight <laughs> net one you think he's telling the truth yeah he's, he's telling the truth 17 uh he is lying through his teeth badly uh siri is not about to call him out on it not in front of the class well, perhaps something was wrong with the barrier and protective spells. It shouldn't have shattered like that. All of you, please turn your textbooks to page 200 while I see about getting the nurse up here to take care of your fellow students. I think my hair is on fire. You see one dude has like this alfalfa point of hair atop his head and there's just like a little flame and his friend just puts it out with his fingers. Ned, if you could please go back to your seat. You see that people in the classroom are like staring at him, like looking really wary. And he sort of shuffles back. He goes up to Sarasissa and like stands next to her by his chair and is like, you don't mind if I sit here, do you? That's your chair. Where else would you sit? And then uh, Suri gives him just like a, a small, just a small smile. Like she's kind of out of practice at it, but just like, you know. Okay. Um, thank you. And sits back down. The school nurse comes in. You know her name is Madame Ponmeria. She is a half-orc with snow white hair, older woman, very kindly looking with very long tusks. She comes over and starts doing healing magic on the students that are hurt. Um, Tella eventually tries to get control of the class students that are remaining because um, Palmeria takes most of them down to the infirmary on the first floor. But you see that no one's paying attention. Everyone's too freaked out and people keep staring at Ned. A few people are glaring like they're about to do something. Uh, hey, uh, I lean over the chairs that were Ned and, and Suri are in, in front of me. Hey, uh, uh, I don't, I don't think you should stay here. I think you, you should, what? You should get out of you here. You think I should, I should leave? Yeah, I think you, it's, you know what I could do? I can, uh, cause a distraction and then you can get out of here. You do that for me? Yeah, of course. Please? You bet. Uh, and I, uh, cast minor illusion to make a bunch of fireworks go off in the front of the room that spell out, um, uh, it's gonna say cuckfunt. Cool. It says cuckfunt. You see that at the sound of fireworks, tell us like, oh no, what's happening again? And ducks down. You see a bunch of other students are like, oh no. Um, and Ned looks at Sarasissa and it's like, I, I guess I'll see you later. Um, bye. I hope we have more classes together. Me too. And he runs off out of the class. And with that, we leave Spellcasting 101 for the Arcane Casters. And we move to 
Bladework 102 with Ollie and Hudson. This takes place immediately after The Last Class gets out. Ollie, you notice that a few people are mumbling about Nend, sounding really awful. Um, you see that Minette gives you like a glance back as she's leaving the classroom and looks like she's about to say something, but just leaves instead. Bloricus. So the class is over and you're going out to the field where you know the next class is taught by Jane Rixley, who is a Soren. You know that Soren are a race of humanoids from the mountains. They have wings and clawed feet, but otherwise look completely humanoid, although their hair is usually made out of feathers. You know that Jane is a PE teacher, and he is also the um, he's also the student advisor for the jousting team and the wrestling team. Jane has tan skin, mixed white and brown pinions for hair and wings. His eyes are entirely sky blue. They have no pupil, and his coloring looks a bit like an eagle. And he has sort of a sharp, hawkish face. Gathered around you are a few other students. It looks like this is a mixed level class. So there are students from other grades there. You recognize that Kenneth, um, who's a junior, is in this class. You also recognize that Grange is there as well as the Goliath he was with in the hallway. Do I, how do I know Kenneth? Um, you saw Kenneth in the hallway talking to a dwarf that was dressed flamboyantly, um, but you don't know him by name. Ollie does. I wave, or Hudson waves at Ollie. Hey! Oh, God. Hey! How's it going, buddy? I'm not your buddy. Ah, you're funny. Yeah. Right, is everyone here? We're gonna take attendance soon. You see Jane jogs up to the front of the class. You're sort of gathered in a semicircle um, at the front of the field. Right, so if you haven't met me before, I'm Jane Rixley. I am the coach for the jousting team and the wrestling team. Hopefully some of you will come out to tryouts next week. Hudson lights up. So we're gonna be covering blade work. You see that he holds out his hand and summons a blade to his fist that just appears there, sort of waves it around. This is a sword. I hope you all know that. If you don't, well, I wouldn't be surprised. It wouldn't be the first time. Anyway, today we're gonna be practicing with sword work. You're going to be using dull blades to spar with after we run through some basic steps. You see he turns around and summons a pile of swords that line up in a row, point down and hover in the air. These will be your weapons. They are already dulled magically. If you would please select one. They're all the same. It doesn't matter. Just pick one. I look for the most rapier-like one, even though they're all the same. None of them are rapier-like. Damn it. Okay. Uh, Ollie really reluctantly takes one. Hudson grabs one. So Hudson, as you grab one, you realize that someone else has reached for the same sword. You turn around, you see Grange minus the leather coat, just in a muscle shirt and torn pants. That's mine. Oh, sorry. Here you go. Thanks. Hudson grabs another one. That's also mine. Oh, you used two swords? That's so cool. Yup. Hudson hands him the other one. And then Hudson grabs the next one. That's also mine. 
Where does the third sword go? You see the Goliath walks over. He's tall and has like blue tattooing um, across half of his face. Uh, He has uh, light brown hair, um, green eyes. Uh, Looks very intimidating. Grange, stop messing with the underclassmen. We got shit to do. I know, but look at that face. I can't not mess with him. I just want to sort of like fucking pound him into the dirt or something. And you just really want to pound him, right? Uh, sorry, I don't I don't go that way. But I'm sure you're a really nice guy. The fuck? What do you mean? Listen, I have a handful of... <laughs> I've, I have an arm full of swords and I will run you through with them. Uh, Grange, those are dull. Well, it'll be a slow process then. Everything you're saying is just making this better. I'm sorry. Ollie, who the fuck asked you? Who told you could talk? Oh, Ricky. Uh, he's actually in charge. He's Did your did your fucking ferret just sass me? Oh yeah. Oh, he's, you should hear what he's saying about you. It's really, really unpleasant. Grains looks, licks his lips and walks over to you. He's taller than you by maybe a foot and sort of, sort of tries to look intimidating. You trying to fuck with me? Well, I mean, I wasn't before, but since you put it that way, absolutely. Wanna go? You can bust up my teeth. I, I've already got, oh, they're already really messed up. You really probably are doing me a favor. Roll a dexterity saving throw. That one. <laughs> You start mouthing off, and mid-sentence, Grange drops two of the swords. Instead of hitting with the blade, hits you with his elbow and smashes you in the face. How's that feel? Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> uh, I cast I cast Tasha's hideous laughter on him. Okay, that's a charisma saving throw, right? Wisdom. Wisdom. Sa- uh, wisdom saving throw. Uh, 12 or ha 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 fancy spell work won't help you here fuck <sighs> hey that's not very nice Hudson goes in to defend Ollie what are you like his boyfriend or something pretty boy he just tries to punch him okay does not respond uh roll to attack alright that's a unarmed attack right Mm-hmm. okay that's a 23. You hit. Unarmed is one damage, so. Uh, so mine is unarmed, one damage, plus two. Okay. Because I add my strength, so it's three. So Hudson just, like, snaps from, like, sweet bubbly Hudson when he sees Ollie get knocked down by a much, much larger man. And he just goes, hey, that's not very nice! And then just cold clocks him in the face. Ugh! You see that Grange stumbles back. Uh, his lip is now bleeding. He spits up blood. That's gonna be the end of you. The Goliath next to him uh, grabs him. Dude, dude, the teacher's literally looking at us right now. I don't care. I'm gonna take this fucking pretty boy's face and rip it off and put it on my fucking mantle. That's enough. You see that Jane comes over. Um, there are swords hovering around him, just following him in an aura. I didn't give the okay to start sparring. Grange, did you start this? He did. Yeah, he did. Ah, 
No, they did. He just knocked that little guy down. That's totally not fair. He's so small. Hey, I have feelings. Buster, did Grange start this? You see Buster, the Goliath, looks between Grange and you and back to Grange. No, it was them. See, I told you so. What? Huh. Well, two against two then. I guess we'll never know. You two, come with me. You're going to the principal's office. What? That's not fair. Grange, go get checked out at the infirmary. Did I ask what was fair? Follow me. Class is on hold while I'm gone. Actually, Kenneth, you know what you're running through. Take them through the basic exercises. Kenneth, the blonde human um, wearing a varsity jacket, looks up, sees a lot of the blood, frowns but nods. Come with me, you two. That kid is a bully. He comes with him, but he's like fuming about Grange. As Jane turns his back, you see that Grange looks at you, makes a V with his fingers and licks between it, and then flips you off. Does he have a crush on me? Oh, okay, yeah. Who are you talking to? <laughs> oh, do you have a familiar also? What? Is yours invisible? Who? You, you were just talking to someone. No, I was just talking to... Did you're I talking to yourself? Yeah, you did. <laughs> oh. You're kind of weird, aren't you? No, I'm not weird. Oh, okay. All right. You two follow Jane to the principal's office. And we're going to take a step back to the beginning of the same fourth period class. And we go to botany. Cecil. Varnum is a correctional facility and thus does not have much in the way of outside facilities. So in lieu of a greenhouse, there is an open garden that's maintained on the east side of the grounds. There's only a few students around you, maybe like 10 or 15. And they're all starting to sit at outdoor desks that look like work benches that have sort of overhanging flaps. At the front, kneeling at the garden is a water genasi. In place of hair, she has rippling waves of water that sort of flow behind her and down. Uh, Part of it's tied up in a ponytail. She has bright, bright blue eyes and medium tan skin. She's covered in dirt stains and barefoot and her feet are dirty and wears overalls over bare legs and a sun hat. Hello. Welcome to Botany. I am Jell, here to be your teacher in the ways of the foliage. Please take a seat. The plants for today's vibe have already been provided. Cecil, do you go to a seat? Yup. Cecil, Cecil will just look honestly kind of put off by this and and we'll go uh and sit in like the back corner if possible so you go sit in the back corner um 
You sit next to a dwarf with like a short, well-kempt beard. Uh, they have uh, medium-length brown hair, and they are wearing a peasant skirt. They seem to be looking at the plant after they've opened their desks and sort of like trimming at it with small scissors, cutting out dead bits. Do, do, you, do you know if this class is sort of a, a paired thing or are we uh, independent? Are you talking to me? Am I not supposed to be? Uh, no, it's fine. Um, hi, um, what's your name? I'm Cecil. Hi, Cecil. I'm Unk. Uh, they, them pronouns. Uh, that's cool, right? Cecil's face just, like, 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 stunned for a moment, like, and actually points to, to their blazer, where there's this little, like, silver pin that says they slash them. Very cool. Yeah, okay. I'm glad you sat next to me. So, are you new to Varnum? Really, 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 totally, yes. I only ask because, you know, you're in a Lothmorn uniform. Uh, yes. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a... It's a big mix-up. Is it a fashion statement? Are you, like, protesting the sort of individuality that Barnum allows you to have because they don't care about us? Is that what you're doing? Is it a political statement? I I hate to ask this because we really did just meet, but are you under the influence? No, I'm straight edge, man. Oh. So you're just... Hardcore. No, that's just... I'm just very laid back. I try to go with the flow. Yeah. Just feel the wave and vibe. There's not a lot of flow here. I don't... (laughs) Yeah, you're totally right. You should see what my friends... Ben is totally, like, just uptight as hell. And Top Hat's just, you know, manic energy all the time. I like to balance things out. You know? Right, so does everyone have their plan in front of them? Do I have a plan in front of me? You do in the desk, yeah. Everyone, please take your trimmers and then bow to the plans. Show respect to the plans. Embrace the energy emanating from the plans. As you bring yourself to the plant's wavelength. Cecil is gonna kind of like try to like side-eye Unk and see if, if Unk is like responding to this in a positive way. Unk looks at you, shakes his head and just whispers to you. Just like, pretend to do it. In the textbook, gels a little. I don't like to use harsh terms. But she's a little avant-garde. <laughs> <laughs> that was nearly a spit take onto my laptop. Those are, those are the words we would use. Harsh terms. Harsh terms. <laughs> I was not prepared for that kind of language. <laughs> This is a family-friendly podcast. Are we allowed to have that on air? Now that you are on the wavelength of the plant, you must 
address it. Say hello to the plant. Massage its lovely fuzzy leaves. And then you must indulge the plant's pride. You must address it as sir or madam, whatever you think the gender of the plant is in your heart. And then feel the trimming happening. Feel the parts that it wants removed. Feel the bits of its soul that have grown out and are just holding back its true form. Allow it to be as glorious as it wants to be. Help it on its journey of life. Yes. Cecil is just holding the, the trimmers and just looking at the teacher, just like their head is cocked. They have never witnessed anything like this before. You know, coming from Lothmore, and I feel like all the classes were very, like, rigid, theory. And they don't know how to deal with this. This, this doesn't make any sense. I'm still over here getting topped by the plan and having to refer to it as sir. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Cecil's gonna gonna elbow Ankh. Uh, so I don't really, I'm not that kind of druid. I don't I don't know how to talk to plants. Neither am I, dude. Do you mind, dude? No. I don't no, usually. Dude, dude's, dude's fine. Okay, dude's chill. Uh, this is like all they have. Like I could talk to animals if I have to, but. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. Me too. But, but not plants, and and really, I'm just... You know, I like to think of it as, like, learning to help a different part of nature that's not usually my purview, sort of, like, broaden my horizons, because if I don't, I might sort of cry in this class, because it's painful. Are we going to be able to... Uh, you know, okay, fine, you know, this is fine. There, well, there used to be more, but, like... Not a lot of druids do a lot of things that get them here, you know. I, I was I was pretty disappointed that this was the the only druid class. Do you think that that if I asked really nicely, I could do a geology independent study? I think that would be fine. You'd have to talk to Jell about it, though. Oh, do I have to? And she'd probably tell you. Uh, <clears throat> Forgive me my impression, but she'd probably tell you to like feel whatever's in your heart and then like try to submit it for a grade, but then award yourself the grade that you feel your work deserves or something like that. Not bad impression, right? All right, there, there's 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 cogs turning in Cecil's head right now because Cecil wasn't doing so hot. In the old school. I think you're right. Huh. Did you have like an epiphany or something? I think I did. You know, you're pretty chill. Uh, I'm glad we're in the same class. Maybe with you, it will be a little less boring. I'll introduce you to my friends later, you know? All right. You free for lunch? Yeah. Cool. Okay, you can sit with us. 
Yeah, I usually sit by myself at lunch. Which is probably the first time anyone's ever said that to Cecil. Uh, and so they are trying really hard. With, they've got like one hand kind of like covering their mouth like to cover up the fact that they're trying really hard not to smile. And then they're going to try to like trim, feel the trim of, of this bush. Feel the trim! <laughs> trim that bush. <laughs> You see at the front of the class that Jell has completely bowed and has raised her butt in the air, full prostrating. Prostrate yourself before the plant gods. Uh, this is getting even weird for Jell. You see Unk reaches into their bag and pulls out um, their Chris phone and they have a pair of headphones with earbuds and they offer you one. Want to listen to some tunes? That sounds so much better than what's happening in front of my eyes. Cool. It's like really high energy, like rock music. Completely opposite of Unk's vibe. Yeah, let's just, let's just pretend we're not here. Okay, yeah, let's just, yeah. Yeah. Vibe with the music instead of the plan. Oh no, I prostrated myself too far and I landed in some poison wilderness ivy. Oh no. Oh no, this is not the plant that I meant to see. And as you listen to music with Hung, we're going to switch gears yet again. As we move to the first floor hallway, Jane is leading Ollie and Hudson down the hallway towards the principal's office. You come to a door that looks much like the other doors at Barnum, very shabby, poorly maintained but there is golden lettering that seems to be fairly recent over this sort of like grid pattern on the window that has a light blocking white sheet in front of it. And it says, principal. Jane looks at both of you. I don't have time to listen to what you, what happened. And I know that Grange is a- A bully? Prone to lying. He's a jerk. I think uh, the words you're looking for are cuckfunt. All right, I'm just going to go in and I'm going to pretend I didn't see that because I do not have time to deal with whatever's on your hand. Just go in the door. It's not swear. It's not. Ollie goes in. Ollie, uh, for the record, Ollie looks actually stricken. Like, Ollie looks afraid. You okay, little buddy? Yeah, I will be as soon as we're out of here. You okay, man? I can't really clock you. Uh, I am less worried about my nose and teeth than I am about having to talk to Principal Forsyth. And you're going to see why in just a few seconds. Is he going to hurt you? So she, and uh, I hope not. <laughs> Is she going to hurt you? 
Just worry about yourself, mate. You walk into the door, and though the outside door was shabby, the inside of the office is better kept. There's still worn wood around the edges, but it seems that someone has done some work to make it seem more professional. There's a purple carpet on the floor and a well-made wooden desk at the back of the room. There are bookshelves with educational texts um, built into the walls that have been painted dark. There is a light piece uh, above the desk that is made of woven glass and it reflects purple, then blue, then green light in the room. And behind the desk, you see a woman. She has long, long, silky, straight black hair and two horns that are like a purplish red that curl back from her hairline. She is even sitting down extremely tall. Uh, She has broad shoulders and seems powerfully built. And she looks emotionless. She stares at you with a flat, judgmental stare that you can detect no emotion from. Jane, you brought students to me. Principal Forsyth, these students were fighting and I would hope they would tell you what's going on. You may go, Jane. And Jane leaves, shutting the door behind him. Lacuna Forsyth, the principal of Varnum, gets up and she walks in front of the desk. She has digitized legs with cloven feet. Um, She's very clearly a tiefling. She leans on the desk and crosses her arms, looking at both of you impassively. Now, would you care to tell me why you are fighting? Uh, well, we were in class and we were supposed to be picking swords, and then this guy, what's his name? Spange? Grange. Grange. Starts trying to take all the swords. And then, for some reason, like, he hits Ollie, which is totally unfair because Ollie is like half his size. So I get mad because I don't like when people pick on little people. Hey, I'm not here, man. I'm going to cut you off right there. One at a time. You were saying, Hudson? Well, Ollie gets hit because Grange punched him. So then I just wanted to make sure that he knew that wasn't okay. So I hit him back. And Oliver, is that where you got that bloody nose of yours? Yep. Do you agree with everything Mr. I Lover has said here? Yep. Hmm. Both of you, you need to understand something. Oliver, this is not the first time you've been brought in front of me. <laughs> Varnum is a place where things that are wrong come to be corrected, or things that are misunderstood come to be understood. I would appreciate it if whatever path you're on, whatever pain you're dealing with, did not affect other students. 
Very clearly, you both have your own things going on, as everyone here does. No one comes to Varnum without a story or a struggle. Now, Grange has been known to be difficult. And I will speak to him. However, you must not indulge base notions of fighting. Have I made myself clear? Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Very good. Now, since you were affronted by Grange, supposedly, I will not yet give you any punishment. We will have to see what Mr. Locks has to say. We don't tolerate bullies here. Both of you may return to class. You exit the principal's office, and Lacuna sits back at her desk and watches you go, purple eyes following you both as you leave the room. And we speed up. Fourth period has ended, and now it's time for lunch. You all exit your classes. Cecil, you walk out of the classroom and Unc catches up to you. Uh, so I need to go to my locker, but I will be in the cafeteria when you want to meet up and me and my friends will just sort of sit with you. That cool? Yeah, yeah. I'm, uh, I have to, I have to make a couple texts anyway, so. Cool. Uh, well, it was really chill meeting you, Cecil. And they walk away. Cecil is going to find a quiet corner and turn to their to their crystal phone. Mm-hmm. And uh, first they're going to text their mother. Um, Sorry, mom. I'll be late tonight. Something came up at school. Detention. Uh, You get a text back within a minute that says, What do you have to do that's so important? Cecil's going to ignore that text. And my second text is, Hi Jenny, first date was alright. How's life at Lothborn? You get a text back a minute later. And it says, Oh, Cecil, you, you finally texted. There's a dots on the screen. Is everything okay with you? I know I should have texted you, but I didn't really know what to do. It was kind of my fault that you were in the park. Uh, Cecil will just think about it for a moment and then text back dot 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 it's fine head injury no worries. Are you coming back to school soon? What do you mean your first day? Cecil's gonna sit on that and decide to text back later. I mean, because Cecil's like me. Get a text and think on it and maybe wait a few days and maybe don't ever actually respond. You know, it's fine. It's fine. So, where did you want... You went to the side to text, right? Okay. So you're in the main hallway at the center 
of Barnum. You're at the main hallway in the center of Barnum. And at this point, you see coming through big double doors are Hudson and Ollie having grabbed the rest of their stuff from the field. So what I'm saying is that you could probably do more push-ups if you carried my books. Well, if they're too heavy for you, buddy, just let me know. I'll carry them for you. Oh, yeah, they're too heavy for me. There you go. Yeah, I got you. Appreciate it. And Sir Sissa, you'll be coming out of your history class. So you're all in the hallway. Can I have everyone roll a perception check? Holly, what'd you get? I have a four. You know nothing. Hudson, what'd you get? Seven. You're so pretty, Hudson. <laughs> Sir Sissa, what'd you get? I also got a four. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. very pretty. Cecil, are you paying attention? I have 21. Okay. So you are all in the same hallway. You haven't necessarily talked to everyone or each other yet, but Cecil, you see out of the corner of your eye, rounding the corner of a hallway, is a black cat. It pauses, looks up at you, sits on its hind legs, and with very, very, very bright green eyes, looks up at you and says, Speak with animals. Meow. Meow. Cat. Cat cat talk. Meow. (laughs) Somebody's. Meow. Cat talk or whatever. You don't hear anything but meow. Even though you've cast the spell. Are you somebody's familiar? The cat looks at you, frowns. The fuck you looking at? You got a staring problem? I've been told that before. I apologize. Usually when I'm meow meow at y'all fuckers, you don't care much and you just go away. But you keep staring at me. Is that something you like? Uh, like... I, I- Take a picture to last longer. I I just thought that maybe you were lost or something. You can see me. I'm looking at the floor, by the way. I'm not. Uh, Cecil is not looking at the, at the cat anymore. Yes. The cat gets right up under your gaze and climbs onto your leg, like with its front paws. Yo, you can see me, even though I didn't want you to see me. That's a good thing. Okay, I can work with this. Yes, you are. Why don't you follow me? Let's have a little journey. All right. Ready for some fun, kiddo? Too bad. Come along. And the cat starts hopping. Well, not hopping. The cat starts strolling down the corridor Cecil will give a sort of like resigned look over in the direction of the cafeteria and then follow the cat. Uh, You three notice Cecil walking past you and you see that for some reason they are following a cat. Oh, hey, Cecil. Oi, new kid. Uh, Cecil. Where'd you find the cat? Where you going, mate? What? It's just... I'm sure it's somebody's familiar or something. Later. And I'm just going to keep going. <laughs> I'm not friends with any of these people. <laughs> okay. 
Cecil. Bye, Cecil. Bye. I figured somebody would follow me to be obnoxious. Maybe I misread all the people. Someone following a cat in the school. I don't know. Excuse me, um, Cecil, are you? I'm sorry, she's going to keep like trailing after you slightly, just asking tiny like half questions. Um, excuse, uh, did you? Uh, but we'll keep going. Hudson and Ollie, please give me a wisdom saving throw. Oh, Hudson, that's your stat, ain't it? Uh, intelligence is my stat, as it were. Really? Uh, I have an eight intelligence. Oh my god. <laughs> okay. Um, I think intelligence checks are rare. I have rolled a 12 for the saving throw. I have a four. <laughs> You two begin to hear a melody, this high lilting sound that sort of twists around your ears and calls and beckons to you, begging you to find its source. What? You hear that too? Yeah. You know what I know about spooky music? You go to it. I start trying to find it. Yeah! You follow the source of the sound down the hallway. Sir and Cecil, you see the cat goes up the stairs to the second level hallway. When you go up there and you follow the cat up, you look around in the hallway, but you don't see the cat anywhere. What you do see is in the hall with the arcane spellcasting classroom is that there is another door to the side. Sarasissa, you did not see that door before. This hallway is short and ends at the classroom, which takes up most of the space. There's more rooms on the other side. It sort of hooks around like a square U, but there were no other doors here. And you would remember this door It is a mirrored glass door. The edges of it are glowing with light and there's mist pouring out of the bottom. It has carved edges engraved into the inlay with rune designs along the edge of the door. Wait, is it Tuesday? (laughs) Wait, no, is it Tuesday? It's important. I think it's Monday. It's Tuesday. Oh, shit. Oh my god, this is the hell door. Oh my god. I... Don't open it, this door goes to hell! That's what Ollie said. That doesn't make any sense. (laughs) Okay, I don't think much about this place makes sense, but Ollie definitely said that on Tuesdays a door opens up and leads to hell, and I thought that he was just, like being a jokester but this store wasn't here before and it certainly was not glowing or had rooms or had fog creeping up from the bottom or maybe hell smoke i don't know okay uh, sarah um that um so you you've seen ollie (laughs) ollie is very clearly a punk and punks just want to lie to nerds I'm not saying that you're a nerd, because I'm 
a geek or a nerd or whatever, but you seem like a, a bit of a kindred spirit, and I feel like, you know, people like Hudson and Oliver, they, they're not like us. They don't, no, I they don't, don't see us as... At this point, you both are in the hallway, and you're behind them, you see them talking. No, I, I know, but like I said, I didn't believe it, but this door is not, was not here. I was just here second period for, for our arcane magic class, and this didn't exist, and believe me, it's kind of no, so, do you think that a door with this much mirrored glass in it would survive? Look at everywhere else. This door looks like, it's, it, this is. This door looks like it could be in Havisham. As an aside, hey. as an aside to Hudson, I I cast minor illusion to make little Surrey and Sissel puppets with my hands, and as they're talking, I'm just puppeting it like a show for Hudson. As we <laughs> oh, it's funny. <laughs> uh, you hear Hudson laughing. Hey, do you all like hear that music? Do you see a door? Oh, hey. Uh, you see the door both you and Ollie see the door and you know immediately that that's where the music is coming from and you want in I gotta go in there no I think it's a hell door I mean I was totally making that up I was kidding but uh alright let's go (laughs) I don't follow the I don't that there wasn't a Hudson's already at the door. Cecil's rolling their eyes. He's, it's, is there a knob? I've... There is no knob, but do you touch it? Yeah, he just, he's not even gonna. You place your hand on a door and a glowing handprint forms underneath yours. And as you pull <gasps> it back, there's a click and the door unlocks. Whoa! You see a burst of white light that sort of curls around your features, all of you see it, and the world goes completely blank. And that's where we'll end our session. This has been Fast Times at D&D High. I'm Persephone, and you can find me at Persephoroth everywhere online. Twitter, Instagram, everywhere. I'm Caro, and you can find me on all the things at Caromer, spelled with a zero. I'm Nuance, and you can follow me at Shatteraven on Twitter and Books and Wench on Twitch. Check out Dungeons and Dratini's My Pokemon Homebrew. I'm Ren, and I live on Twitter at Atomic Firebird. I'm also at make underscore believe underscore on Twitch, where I run indie system one-shots and do a weekly interview show. I'm Elise, several sentient otters, and I'm not on the internet. Don't at me. You can also find all of us on Twitter at Fast Times D&D. That's Fast Times D, the letter N, D. If you want to support us, please visit us at patreon.com slash Fast Times D&D. Again, Fast Times D, the letter N, D. If you want to know more about the world, the players, our characters, check us out at FastTimesDnd.com. Transcripts of our episode audio are provided by Z Bowditch at Fandom Junkie Z, that's Z-E-E, on Twitter. Fast Times at D&D High is an Arcanacast production, copyright 2020, all rights reserved. Our editor is Derek B. Perry. 
Our theme song was produced by Derek B. Perry and Ashley Abbott. Our background music is courtesy of Kevin McLeod, licensed under Creative Commons. Find individual track listings in our show notes. Uh, that's everything. Don't at me. Tune in next time to Fast Times with D&D High. And listen to our players suffer. Bye! Bye! <laughs>